Well, greetings, everybody. Hope you're all doing good tonight. Good to see you. Um, I'm going to talk about some altar working, go over some things that we talked before, but I'd like to, if it's okay, I'd like to kind of uh, talk about some things I've observed from watching your services online, um, just from watching from different angles. I got to see you from the, uh, when I preached to you Sunday, I actually was watching you from the back. Uh, during song service, and then when I pre preached, it went black, but I've been able to watch a few services the last few months, and uh, so I'd like to just give you some observations of how to, uh, ultimately, we're going to end up in, as far as altar training, but but just some things from watching online that, that might help um, the atmosphere. Um, number one, if you want to have a good altar call, you need to be in the altar in song service, not in the altar call. The people need to start coming to the altar and worshiping during song service. Um, that means you right here that I'm talking to need to get out of your pews and join the altar call early. Um, the reason is this. Guests are coming and they're watching you stand or sit in your pew. And then they wonder, why do I need to go to the front when they don't move? Or when they are just uh, clapping and responding, but they're not going forward themselves. So you want to create an atmosphere in your altar calls where the guest has been watching people go to the altar all night long or all morning long in the service. Does that make sense? So... In traveling America, I can tell you that the churches that have great outpourings of the Holy Ghost, great demonstration, all have one thing in common. They, bo they bombard the altar all th throughout the song service. Uh, they're worshiping. The young people are shouting. The, the, the moms and dads are bringing their kids up there. And the reason is you're setting the atmosphere for what's going to happen after the preaching. Um, and so it's not going to be difficult to bring people to the altar when they're when they're seeing at a church that's always in the altar. Let me just say it like this. It's it's uncomfortable for the guests to be in their chair and it's uncomfortable for you to be in the altar during song service. But you want the guests to be in the altar in, in, in on their first or second visit. It's extremely uncomfortable. So you need to break out of your comfort zone of your row and your chair and get in the altar to let them see this is who we are. Because if you don't, the preacher, the pastor has to pull, 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 pull to get them to come. And while you might go to the altar, an altar call, that guest has not watched you go to the altar the entire service. And so it's, it's a choice. Do I go with them or do I go with the people that aren't going forward? So why do I need to go to the front when these people haven't moved all through service? So just an observation, uh, number one, it, you need to change the culture of your song service by being in the altar, worshiping, raising your hands, clapping, making that the new norm. Your pew should be the, the place you go during preaching. If you can start there during song service, but you should be out of your pew and coming toward the front. I know that's uncomfortable, but if you want breakthrough, you want revival, you have to be revival. So you have to get out of your pew and go forward. All right? That's the first thing. And here's the second thing. This may not go over so well, but just receive it. Pull your toes back beneath your pew. All right. From watching online, you don't, you don't need to have six people in the microphone throughout church. Um... um it's a distraction online watching when there's seven or eight people exhorting and giving their, and it's, um, it's great thoughts, but it takes away from pastor's message every time. And here's why. By the time pastor gets up to preach, I've heard let go. I've heard hold on. I've heard go forward in God. I've heard it's time to stand still and watch the Lord move. I don't know. And this is the fifth or sixth text that I'm hearing. So just as an observation, and I'm just, you can smash me if you want. It's your, 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 your culture will be stronger if you're, if not, if everyone's not in the microphone, but in the altar. Okay. And I don't mean to slight 
any of you that go in the microphone every Thursday. You're more anointed than I am, and I'm not trying to, to say you shouldn't be in the mic. But what I am saying is if you want the culture to break out in revival, um, what, what's happening in the spirit is by the time pastor gets up to preach, people are worn out from different, different messages. They, don't, they come to hear one message. They've come to hear one word from God. And it's the, it's the job of the church to set the atmosphere collectively for that one word that's coming, not give, a, not give a bunch of words because a bunch of words take away. Now, I know, I know that, um, that you're doing what you're asked to do, and I know that, that you're, you know, you're trying your best and you're giving your thoughts, and that's wonderful. But what truly needs to happen, and let me just say it this way, is you will help impact the atmosphere more with your hands raised, worshiping in the altar, then you will with a two-minute exhortation. And I know that's rough. I, I don't mean to be rough. Uh, I really don't. I'm just telling you what people are thinking, okay? People are saying, we want to hear the word of the Lord, uh, and, and you build up that expectation for the word of the Lord by creating that worshiping atmosphere constantly. And if, if, if that bothers you, then your motive is the pulpit. And then we need to have a different conversation. Because if, you're, if your reward is being seen, then you're bypassing the altar to get to your platform and something's wrong with your motive. And so the, the motive, yeah, I don't need, and let me just, as a guest, if I walk in, I, I need to be changed. I need to be delivered, okay? Let's say I've got a drug addiction, and I need to be delivered, okay? And I come to church needing help. I'm, I'm coming thinking, I, I, I can't wait till the preacher preaches, and I hope he preaches to me, okay? But what's going to impact me is not your, your two-minute exhortation. It's wonderful, but it's not going to impact me if you get done with your two-minute exhortation, you stop worshiping. Because I'll be watching if you worship more than I watch what you say. And I'll, I'll be more impacted by your actions than I will by your words. And so I'm, as a guest, guests are watching you, not just when you're up in the mic for two minutes. They're watching you all through service. And so we need to, we need to create an atmosphere where they're seeing worship constantly and they become comfortable worshiping because you're comfortable worshiping all the time, and it's who you are. I know, I know it's rough, guys. I don't hope it don't sound rough, but what I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is if you want great things to happen on a continual basis, there's got to be a culture of worship that's not just um, altar call or responding to the preaching. It's got to be, and then here's why. When I, when I watched this Sunday, everybody on the platform was worshiping and the people, most of the people in the pews were kind of just responding out of obedience. But if you get everybody as much like this group right here, if this group was in the altar every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night during church, worshiping God, just you would change the culture right there of every service, every service. Because now people that are comfortable in the pew are going to be uncomfortable because they can't use you as the reason why they don't move. You're in the front getting your family's breakthrough, and then they're wondering, I wonder what could happen in my family if their family's so blessed. You know, when there's a guest in the altar call on Sunday morning, we want to be, and then we're going to talk about this, how to pray with them, and we, wanna, we want this to be their moment. But if you need uh, a, a moment for your family, get it in the song service. Get your family up there. Worship the Lord, your, your, your spouse. You know, if you're if you're ministering and you're speaking encouragement to everyone for two minutes, but you're but you are your constant drama in your home, you you and your spouse need to be worshiping God in the altar, not in the microphone. Tell me what to do. You need to be in the altar worshiping God and getting a change in the culture of your home, so you can have a far greater impact when you come to the microphone. Because and I'm and I'm going to say it very very strongly. I can tell within ten seconds. When you're in the microphone, if you're try, if you've if you've crammed an idea, you're trying to you're trying to impress with your idea, or if you've genuinely got a burden from the Lord, and and so, and it's not that your words are not strong, but if your words don't have weight behind them, 
it means that you're saying something out of obligation or out of opportunity, not out of a calling. And so what you need to do is say, if, I, if I'm asked to be in the mic, wonderful, but I'm not coming. My reward is not being used of God. My reward is being touched of God. I'm going to go to the service and I'm going to get a breakthrough every chance I can, which is going to cause me to help others get a breakthrough. Is that all right? Okay. Because, because I believe you have a ton of um, energy. You have, a, you have a, one of the most energetic churches uh, that's, that's out there. And this can be, and it's, it's wonderful. I've preached in some cemeteries, it feels like, you know, some graveyard churches that I was like, is anyone even breathing in this church? Why am I here? This is the most boring place I've been in my life. But, but you don't have that. You have it. You have life and you have energy and you have excitement. But, but, but what I, what I want to tell you is, is um, it seems like it's, it's, it's awesome, but the preaching Pastors having to, just from my observation, I could be dead wrong, Dad can correct me, but I feel like pastors having to do a lot of extra pulling on people that have all this energy. And the reason why is because the energy they have is flesh. It's, they're not in the spirit. You're, you're, you're hyped up, clapping, and exhorting, but you're not in the spirit when the word's coming, which is why there's not a response in the altar that's so massive. But if you get in the spirit in the song service, and you're all worshiping God, the word will draw everyone else to the altar, which will cause the breakthrough to take place. It's really simple. But what I'm saying is the energy is awesome. Channel, take the energy from the flesh into the spirit and say, okay, my new assignment is not getting three minutes in the microphone every week or, I, or I'll be mad. My assignment is I'm helping create an atmosphere for a breakthrough for every guest, for every backslider, for every cold saint of God that's not in the that's never comes forward. My assignment is to get to be a part of stirring the culture up for that they they'd rather be in the altar with us than sitting in the pew watching. And if you can if you can get that, there's no stopping. God will give you the harvest, God will give you the baptisms, the Holy Ghost, the Bible studies. He'll give it to you because he can trust you to grow it rather than say, well, we, they're here, but they're not doing anything. Well, they're not doing anything because they're watching you not do anything. So if, if, if you want them to go forward, you go forward. Lead the way. Don't just point the way. Lead the way. And when they come behind you, you won't have to drag them forward. You'll see, wow, they want to be a part of this. And not to mention, it makes the preaching a thousand times easier when there's an atmosphere that's been set, it's, let me see. The musicians and the singers are doing an incredible job. They, it's, they're, they're doing a very, I can feel the Holy Ghost, but I also feel a separation where it's like, uh, when, they're on, when we're on the platform, it's Holy Ghost, and out here we're watching. So we have to kind of blend this to where we're helping the musicians and the singers set that atmosphere with our praise so they're not pulling on us to set the atmosphere. We're with them. And then by the time we're done with that, man, you're going to have bombs go off when dad's preaching because the atmosphere is just so hungry for a move of God. And um, let me, I'll, I'll get off that. I, I won't, I won't mess with you, but just from, just from an observing, observing point, um, when, when there are a bunch of people in the microphone, when there's six to seven to eight people in the microphone every service, it's uh, from online. I'm just I'm just being real. <laughs> so help me God. Uh, when I, when I'm watching online, I'm going, okay. Can you hurry up and get the pastor? Because I, I want to hear I want to hear the word of the Lord. And it's not that the two or three is not, but when there's six or seven or eight people, it's pulling it's pulling a. Uh, virtue out of me not pouring virtue into me so that my point is if you if you get this and don't have a selfish spirit and say well I, I, you know they don't want me to preach that's not it i'm not saying that you're going to have your moment to preach and when it's your moment to preach you preach with everything you've got and you bring it but if it's your moment to take up the offering don't preach i don't i don't need you to quote me every verse in the bible about paying tithes i don't need you to quote me every verse in the bible about uh, the prayer request, just do your job, <laughs> like do what, do what you're supposed to do and stop trying to, because what you're doing is you're, you're, you're pulling the energy away 
from when the real word of God comes forth. And I can tell you as an evangelist, when, when the atmosphere is set for the word and when the atmosphere has been destroyed for the word of the Lord, and when, when, when everyone's doing something that they're maybe, maybe not supposed to be doing or maybe kind of going beyond what they're supposed to do, it makes it 10 times harder to get those people to respond to what God sent you to do because they've been drained. And so before we get into altar working, let's, let's create an altar atmosphere in the song service. It'll help you. And I know it's rough. It's rough. It's tough. It's, it's mean. But there are, there are people in your church that I, that I have preached when I was there and I've watched online and I've never seen them move. And they need to be uncomfortable not moving. And the only way to make them uncomfortable is not to tell them move. It's to move. To where it's like they have to start deciding, like, you know, I kind of stand out back here by myself on the road because no one else is in this entire section but me. And so it's un make them the minority, not the majority. So if, if this majority is up in the altar worshiping God, you know, Captain Carnal back there is going to go, oh, my word, I, I'm going to have to go up there sooner or later. He's not going to like it. But when he does and he gets that breakthrough and he starts jumping up and down, and you're seeing that that's never happened before. It's because you set the atmosphere. So, so my point is simply this. We're going to talk about altar training, how to pray people through. But, and that's, and it's, it's exciting to pray people through. But <clears throat> a lot of times we are, we're wanting something to happen. And we think, well, what's the key? What's the secret? We're doing everything we can. And so maybe it takes an outside pair of eyes to say, maybe, maybe try this. Just try this. Uh, try setting the atmosphere. Well, I, if I'm not in the mic, I'm not setting the atmosphere. That's, that's absolutely not true. You're, you're, you're doing more. I, I am moved. Let me just say about, there's a, there was a guy here in Pensacola just died. He died about a month ago, had cancer throughout his body, a uh, uh, um, Vietnamese man. And every time, and I'm always gone the weekends. I come here on Wednesday nights when I'm home. And on Wednesday nights, I, I it would crush me because he would stage four cancer. I mean, just eaten up. And he would he would walk out in the front of that church worshiping God with his hands raised, hurting. And it got so bad that the week the week he died, he, he came in and he had lost so much weight. He was he was very frail and he was shaking. And he was sitting there on a, on a walker. And and I watched that man ask for two ushers to come help him. I thought he was saying, you know, help me, I'm sick. And he asked them to stand him up and he put his arms around their shoulders three days before he died. And he had them drag him across the altar because he wanted to worship God one more time. I was there. Jerry Jones was standing beside me, the, the great Jerry Jones. And I watched Jerry Jones sob his eyes out and I cried my eyes out over this no, no name man. Didn't have a microphone, but he was he was convicting the fire out of me that he was out worshiping me with stage four cancer. Because people watch what you do more than they watch what you say. And so, so if you really want to impact the city, if you really want to impact the guests, it, it, the mic isn't the reward. The reward is you get to be in the presence of God. And if you get asked to be in the mic, you're going to be 10 times more powerful. If, if you have been doing this in the altar. All right. All right. So praying people through is it's, it's, it's fun. It's the second greatest miracle. I believe to after receiving the Holy ghost is praying someone through the Holy ghost. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's very informative and in how to pray with people. And we do need to learn how to pray with people. Um, you know, sometimes we just forget. And so it's good to have these refreshing moments where we go through some things that are very practical. Uh, but when you have a guest come to the church, to the altar, uh, you know, you're not going to have a Holy Ghost service every Sunday morning. Pastor's not going to preach on the Holy Ghost every Sunday. Even if you had an evangelist for 12 weeks, they're not going to preach on the Holy Ghost every Sunday morning. So we want the guests to get the Holy Ghost, but, but we really want to find out the need of the guest. And here's why. If the guest is going through a divorce, 
and you walk up to the guest and you're like, you, know, you need to get the Holy Ghost. Well, they, you're right. They do need the Holy Ghost and they do need to be baptized. But their mind isn't, isn't on, their mind's on their marriage, okay? Their mind's on their pain. So the number one thing about altar working is sensitivity. Let's be sensitive to the need of the guest. Now, you don't know the need of the guest. You don't, you don't know. Sometimes you can tell there's physical pain in their body. It's very evident. Or, or maybe they're, you know, they're stressed out, so they're, they've got something wrong. But be, be discerning. Pray for sensitivity. That's why it's important to have a prayer life more than just the 30 minutes before church and have a prayer life throughout the week. Because if you pray every day, you'll get discernment when you need it. And discernment when you need it is when you're about to pray for somebody else. So, 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 so pray for uh, throughout the week, uh, God, give me an opportunity to minister to someone. Let me be used of you and I'm going to be sensitive to their need. It's not that I'm going to act like a prophet, but I want to be sensitive. If they're hurting in their home, to tell them the Holy Ghost is the answer for their home. And, and, and God can just fill you, but he can also heal your marriage or whatever it is. But so sensitivity is very vital when it comes to working with guests. Um, you know, we're sensitive when it comes to everything with COVID and everything, but sometimes we're not sensitive to, <laughs> to how to pray them through. So, uh, so we want to be sensitive when it comes to their spiritual needs. So let's review some basic, basic things that we've talked about before. But let's just hit it again. Uh, the, the seeker does not need you to yell in their ears and scream and get your breakthrough for them to get the Holy Ghost. Yes, sir. It's just real. God's going to give them. God's going. You're a conduit for God to flow through to give it to him. You're, you're not giving it to him. <laughs> you're, you're, the, you're the vessel that God's flowing through to give it to him. So let's not get that confused. Uh, I know this is, goes without saying, but you don't have to shake the Holy Ghost into someone. You don't have to, like, mess up their hair to, to, to pray them through. Um, maybe they need their hair messed up, but, but maybe they don't have hair to mess up. I don't know, but, but you, don't have to, you don't have to shake the Holy Ghost into them. Um, you know, you don't have to spit in their face and, and scream and get a breakthrough and speak in tongues for them to get the Holy Ghost. And the reason I say that it's because every church I go to, people get a breakthrough and lose their mind while the guest is staring at them going, what are you doing? Like, I, I don't feel anything. You're, what are you feeling that I'm not feeling over here? So, so that goes back to sensitivity. You know, when it, that's why I said, have your altar call in song service on Sunday morning. Okay. It's your breakthrough then, so you can be a part of breaking them through after church. Um, um, it's not your moment to get a break. If there's 10 guests in the altar, uh, for those that are spiritually mature in this group, it's not your moment to get it. It's, it's, you should be thinking, use me, God, right here. Like You should be thinking, well, who can I help? How can I help? Who should I pray for? Uh, you shouldn't be like, oh, I gotta have a touch, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose it this week. You should be getting that in song service, in the preaching. You should be getting all that to you. And now it's time to be used. The altar call is the time to be used, not the time to receive. If you need the Holy Ghost every altar call, because you're not talking in tongues all week. You need the Holy Ghost every Sunday morning. You're not praying in the Holy Ghost Saturday and Thursday and Friday. So, so that's why that walk with God in, in the darkness is so important so that when it's time for others to come, <laughs> I can tell you so many times of just like looking over and there's a guest, you know, praying and the, and the, and the, the altar workers like shouting and losing their mind. And I'm going, you're clueless, man. Like, this guest needs the Holy Ghost, and you're you're so excited over your word. Like, pray the person through or get out of the way, man. Like, we, we this this is their moment, not you. You already got the Holy Ghost, dingbat, like 12 years ago. This is their this is the first time they've ever been to church. Like, come on. I know it's it's just the evangelist in me. I'll be careful, but but you don't need to put words in their mouth to get the Holy Ghost. You don't need to tell them repeat after me. Uh, Wes, I see you out there. There was someone 
from Palm Bay that was doing that. I know you know who I'm talking about. That they were telling people to repeat after me um, in the services, and you know, tell them. And they only got caught because we walked by them, and they were like, "Just, just say what I say." And uh, and so they were busted immediately. You know, they were telling people how to speak in tongues. Apparently, it was their their love language or something. But uh, so, but yeah, you don't have to tell them to repeat after you. Um, and this is this is so simple, but be conscious of your personal hygiene. It is so important that you don't smell like a skunk when you're trying to pray someone through the spirit. Like, you know, if you're on a fast and you don't believe in mints or gum, then get some spray some some stuff in your mouth. You know, use some scope, please, for the love of anything. Like, use something that doesn't kill people. I mean. I know it sounds silly, but but people will leave. I'm telling you, guests will leave over the, the the smallest things, and if they come and they loved the whole, they loved it all. But the altar worker stunk. Like I I like it, but I'm not going to go forward because the altar worker smelled like he you know he lived in a zoo. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to go up there because I you know I got nauseous when I went up there. So like. I mean, literally, people, they're coming from the world, you know, I mean, there's churches all over the valley they can try it. We want everything to be as positive as possible. We can't control every element, but we can put deodorant on, you know, and, and we can brush our teeth and we, we can, you know, wear clean clothes. And I know it sounds so silly, but I, I can tell you how many times I've been in the altar and someone pray, I'm like, oh, Lord God, like just get the person away. You know, I'll do anything. I'll I'll do anything. You, I'll go anywhere if this prayer will stop. Like, you know, just stop this. And so you don't want them to be on the verge of receiving a miracle and then going from God, I want the Holy Ghost to oh, please get me out of here because you know you're in the way. So and it can be the opposite too. You know, you can get the uh, the the person that's got too much you know cologne like the. The 14-year-old teenager that's got the whole bottle of Axe spray on and he's killing everybody in the room, you know. So a little balance is good too. Uh, that's not, you know, me saying put deodorant on is not is not saying you have liberty to use 15 sprays of cologne, you know, that people can smell you in the driveway when you're you're driving in. So it's just, you know, balance. I know it's so silly. Wear as much cologne as you want. Um, uh, Keep your eyes and ears open when you're working with a, with a guest. Uh, this is huge. Like, you know, uh, please, because uh, if they start to speak in tongues and it's two or three words, I know this. I know we don't. You don't have that problem here. But if it's two or three words, you shouldn't be saying, "Okay, you know, um, I need more. I need. I need more convincing." That you should be saying, "That's the Holy Ghost." I just heard it come out of your mouth. That's the Holy Ghost, right? So you've got the Holy Ghost. More is coming. Build their faith, you know, um, by, and, and keeping your eyes and ears open is, is very, very uh, important. And the reason is because they might be saying something that you know in your spirit is hindering them from receiving the Holy Ghost. So, like, if they're up there saying, you know, please, please give it to me. I don't deserve it. I, I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy. I, uh, please forgive me. They're not praying for the Holy Ghost. They're they're in condemnation and they're repenting and they feel terrible. And no one ever received the Holy Ghost repenting. You can you're supposed to repent to receive it, but you don't repent and receive it. You repent and then after you repent, you worship and receive it. So the reason is, you know, when you're repenting, you're focused on yourself and the need of forgiveness. But when you're receiving, it's it's the need of a miracle. And so if they're saying, "I don't deserve it," please forgive me. Gently, you know, you're right. None of us deserve it, but let's work. Let's thank him for it. Let's thank him. Thank you for giving it to me. Thank you for pouring it on. Thank you. Because it's without, without even you saying anything, you're, you're raising their faith by taking them from begging for it to thanking him for it. They've raised their faith right there. Um, and so listen to what they're saying. Watch what they're doing. I mean, I, I see stuff all the time. People are, might be chewing gum uh, and wondering why they're not getting the Holy Ghost or holding on to their boyfriend or girlfriend. There's little little things that they can do that, that will be a hindrance. Uh, it's not that you go rebuke them for chewing gum, but if they're praying and it's been a few minutes and nothing's happening, 
and they're just, I don't know, you might want to say, let's try spitting the gum out. Let's, let's, let's try this again. Or let's try praying together. And you, you raise your hands and you raise your hands and kind of separate the little cuddle party going on between the, the boyfriend and girlfriend to where, you know, they're actually going after Jesus and not each other and, and start magnifying the Lord. You know, it's just little things like that, that actually are, they actually are hindrances. It's, it's amazing. And so, so sometimes a guest will come to the altar, they're uncomfortable. So they bring their spouse or, you know, they're, they're, they're uh, someone they're in a relationship with and they kind of cling to that person and that's fine. But when you go after the Holy Ghost, God wants you to come after him. And so it's kind of important to lovingly push them toward the Lord. So look for positive and negative signs in the secret. And that usually comes if you've been praying for a while and they're not receiving the Holy Ghost. See, sometimes they're going to come up and they're going to get it within a few seconds. And that's, that's the easy one. <laughs> but then there are some that come and they're like, you're like, oh, my Lord. It's like, you know, we've been here 40 minutes and you're saying the same thing over and over. So, you, you know, like, don't be don't be afraid to stop. If, if they've been, let me just say this. If they've been praying for a bit and nothing's happening, don't feel like you're quenching the spirit by stopping them and talking to them. You're not quenching the spirit. You're quenching whatever they're doing. So. And then you're going to redirect them into the spirit. So if if so, what you can do is like, okay, maybe 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 they're they're not getting over a hurdle. So what you can stop them. You know what? We're going to pray for the Holy Ghost again. Let's repent, me and you, right now. Let's just repent. If, it, if, if there's anything in the way, let's repent and then and do that and then stop. Now we're gonna now we're gonna worship God, and we're gonna pray. And whatever comes to your mind, you're gonna let it out of your mouth. If you are you hearing words that don't make sense, sometimes they'll say yes, sometimes they'll say. They'll say no. If they say yes, say, don't be afraid to let those words out of your mouth. Let that flow out of you. If they say no, okay. If those words start to come, let those words come out. Sometimes people just need a little bit of one-on-one -on -one encouragement when they've been praying for a while or they've been coming to church for a few weeks or a few months and not receiving the Holy Ghost, and they're already, you, they're already battling doubt. I mean, <laughs> when they come for a few weeks and they don't have it, you trust me, you, the demons are piling up on them, telling them, it's not real. You can't get it. You've done something wrong. And they're, they're already dealing with all that. They don't need to hear any negativity from us. They're hearing it in their life. So they want to hear, they need to hear, you know, something positive. So um, stay focused on your seeker. Uh, you don't, you know, they're going to open their eyes sometimes. If they see you looking around, you know, not paying attention to them, they're going to think you don't care. Um, they're going to think you do, you, you're up there just wasting time uh, or they're not important. Don't get caught up in someone else's experience when you're praying with, with a particular speaker or a seeker. Uh, by all means, do not walk away from a seeker who's still praying. Because when you walk away, you're telling them, I don't believe it's your time yet. And um, nothing is more damaging to their faith. You know, uh, but dad will come by and pray. You know, the ministry will come by and pray for them and lay hands on them and build their faith. But and and they'll move. The ministry will move to the altar. But if you're with someone, you brought them, you stay with them, you encourage them. And if they don't get it, you. You'd be so positive afterward. You're going to get it. I've never seen you so close. You are just right there. And you just keep encouraging them because they're fighting a mountain of doubt in their mind saying, I, what did I do wrong? Why, why did I not get it? And they did. So just being so positive is, is essential. Um, so, you know, I think that, uh, you know, men should pray with men. Ladies should pray with ladies. Uh, just, 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 a, just the thought, if I'm a dude coming to the altar and, and I'm married and a chick walks up to pray for me, that's going to cause me a marriage problem. <laughs> so I don't need you to come lay your hands on me, sister. Thank you. That's sweet. Go pray for a lady. Uh, I'm just being honest, you know, uh, dudes pray with dudes, uh, ladies play with ladies, um, obviously accepting the pastor and everything, but with ministry laying hands on is, but when, when, when generally you just, just, you should not be drawn, <laughs> um, <laughs> what's your motive? You should be, you should, you should be drawn to, you know, there's, there's, 75 ladies in the room they can pray for that lady there there's 50 men in the room they can pray for that guy and let me just say this you know uh guys and then i i could be wrong but everywhere in america the ladies out pray the guys in the altars okay you know why because we're carnal 
and 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 it's it's pretty pathetic that uh, the ladies can pray three times longer, and we're men of we're men of God, uh, and we can't even hang in the altar call. Uh, it shouldn't be that the ladies section is full of people in the altar and the guys is empty. Like, come on! I mean, why in the world we we have the real thing? And if we're going to be leaders, let's let's not just lead in it with our mouths and our words, but let's lead in action. Let's lead in the all. Let's let have the guy side. You know, let's let's make the ladies wish that they were on our side because it's it's so much more powerful over here um, than it is on their side. Just kidding. We both know it's not, but but we we can still try to get the atmosphere to the point where where they're wow, it's, there's a move of God going on. They're looking at what's going on over there. Oh, the guys decided to pray tonight. Let's let's. Let's have that atmosphere where the guys are setting the atmosphere in prayer and in the altar call. And I, I've told you this, and I know it's, it's old news, but the average altar call in America lasts seven minutes long. And the reason is we don't know how to pray unless there's music in the background. And if everyone's on the instruments, then we can keep praying. But, you know, but let me just say, you know, we need moves of God where the where the musicians don't have to play. They get they can be in the altar enjoying the move of God too and worshiping the Lord instead of carrying us again. If we get the if we get that culture set up where they're having a move of God in the song service, that the musicians and singers will not have to carry us in the altar call. They've done their job. They've carried us to a point where the word takes us the rest of the way. And then now we're in the altar worshiping God, praying people through. And I'm not saying you can't have music in any altar call. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if you rely on the music, the, the evidence is that there's everyone's watching, clapping, singing, and not praying. For the four, four or five intercessors that are serious and everyone else is like, yeah, you know, where are we going to go eat at? So, it, so we need to get that, that switch in the atmosphere to where the music does carry us to a level. Then the word carries us to a level, and then demonstration is the ultimate level where we're seeing breakthroughs, whether it's Holy Ghost or healings in our homes or our, our bodies or our minds, or whatever, where, where the word can really take effect. So uh, almost done here, but um, be hey, perceptive. Josh, can you um, hear me? Hey, Josh, can you hear me? Yes, sir. I just want to add, yeah. I want to throw one thing in there before I lose the train of thought. Two minutes ago, you were talking about men praying with men, women praying with women, right? You with me? Right, yes, sir. And 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 I I may have missed it, but at the end there, you said obviously pastor and minister teams might be the exception. Yeah. Uh, you weren't saying that, and I'm demanding it is not the exception. Um, ministers still should be in line, men with men, unless they're instructed by the shepherd or the pastor, or an evangelist is, is an exception to the rule. But our our ministering body of men and my congregation have no business praying with women unless it's their mother their daughter their auntie or something like that i i don't know how it's done everywhere but that's what i wanted to be left at here so period that, period that's and that that's yeah and i okay i i can actually hear you better without the mic i think because the mic's echoing me but um i think well i think i heard most of that and that's the shepherd it's different in every church and the shepherd determines how what how that goes and so if the shepherd says ministers pray with men or with men men are with men and i think that you will only be blessed by being submitted to that kind of authority versus trying to do your own thing Because he's not trying to control you, but the, it, but it is a shepherd's job to see spirits that are loose. And if you always have to pray with a, uh, <laughs> you always have to pray with a woman every time, and you and you never pray with the men. Once again, motive. What's the motive? What is the motive of the prayer? You know, I mean, let's just be real here. So, uh, so. You know, just do, just do a heart check in your personal prayer life. Just do it. God, reveal to me if my motives are, are incorrect in any way. And be real with the Lord. And, and the Lord will help you. He'll guide you. There's a guy you can pray for. Ladies, there's a lady you can pray for. <laughs> so um, uh, be careful when you pray for people to, tr to make sure you transmit faith and not doubt. And I know 
I've told you this before, but but when you lay your hands on me, I'm going to feel faith or doubt instantly. And and uh, when you pray for me, whether it's over the phone or I'm going to feel faith or doubt. And what I what I mean by that is, if your current situation has you questioning God, I'm going to feel it when you pray for my miracle. Yeah, if you're upset because God hasn't answered a prayer, but you're going to pray me for my deliverance, I'm I'm going to hear your words, but your spirit's going to tell me, I don't know if God's going to do this or not. He's not helping me. So, uh, so transmit faith. Laying on of hands is to transmit faith. That's the point of it. We lay our hands on people to transmit faith. And so, um, I told you, I use the same analogy everywhere. But Elijah told the widow woman that her barrel of meal would not dry up right after his brook just did. In other words, your miracle has nothing to do with my situation I'm going through. You're you're getting this. This has nothing to do with my struggle. With my, with my dilemma, with my circumstance, this is your moment. And so you have to disconnect your problem from the, from the moment you're praying with, you know, this is their moment. This is them and God. If God doesn't heal my body, he's still going to give them the Holy Ghost. If God doesn't fix my finances, he's still going to deliver them. This is their moment. And that's how, you know, it, it's, that's how you'll transmit faith. Uh, versus like, I hope God does it. He's not doing this for me, but let's just see. Well, you know what? He's, you're in the way, sweetheart. You're in the way of what God's trying to do with that mentality. So get out of the way with that doubt. In fact, if you've got that mentality, don't come to any of my altar calls, please, because I'll I just get out of the way, please. We, we want faith, and you should have faith and, and believe God. So, um, And I know it's simple, but Billy Cole used to say, if you don't have faith, don't lay your hands on anybody. Don't lay your hands on it. If you don't have faith, don't lay hands on anybody. You can't deliver someone when you're chained up. <laughs> so, so uh, anyway, uh, encourage the seeker to press on. Encourage the seeker to keep going after it. Keep pressing. Pray out loud with the, the seeker. Speak in tongues. Uh, let them hear you speak in tongues, but don't lose your sensitivity. I don't mean go crazy, but speak in tongues as you're watching them and praying with them. And let them hear you getting that connection with God so that they, if they're on the edge and they're afraid to let it out, it kind of gives them liberty because they're hearing it. Let your voice be loud. Tell them things like, you know, if you can't hear them, don't, don't be afraid to tell them. I, I can't hear you. Let's pray a little bit louder. Let's pray a little bit stronger. Let your tongue go, um, you know, and if they're getting close to the, getting the Holy Ghost and you can tell that by stammering lips or they're trembling or maybe they're crying or they're getting really excited or they start grinning. The Holy Ghost changes the countenance. So when the Holy Ghost starts changing their countenance, the Holy Ghost is about to come out of them. So, so, so that's your signal when you're praying with them. Like, oh, if their countenance is changing, they're about to get it. Bam, receive the Holy Ghost. So it's just a simple discernment thing where you watch their countenance. You can't do that if your eyes are closed. So keep your eyes open. Uh, allow God to form the words. Tell them, don't be afraid to speak out loud. I said that already. Uh, always give clear and easy instructions to understand. Always speak in faith. And when you see them starting to, you know, start to be, be confirming, affirming to them and tell them, that's the Holy Ghost that's on you. That's the Holy Ghost. Let that go. Release that. Speak that out. You're just, you're just helping them through the doorway of this great miracle that they're going to experience. So, um, and of course, the basic stuff, you know, which we do everywhere. Uh, number one, you repent to get the Holy Ghost. Number two, they have to desire it. Uh, you know, if everybody in the church wants it and they don't, God's a gentleman. He'll let you go to hell if you really want to go to hell. He'll jump right over you and go to somebody else. He loves you, but he's not going to force himself on you. Uh, number three, they have to focus their mind on God. And uh, one of the quickest ways to do that, is to, if they can physically do it, is to lift their head, lift their hands. Uh, it's a great way to, to think about the Lord and not themselves. A lot of people that pray and focus on themselves, you'll notice that their head's down and their countenance is down. So just get them to raise that head and get that uh, get that focus on the Lord. And then uh, four, have faith that they're going to get it today. Faith is I'm not leaving without it. Uh, I tell this story, but it happened in Palm Bay a few years ago. There was a guy that uh, came down, young guy, about, I don't know, 18 or 20 years old. Wes, I'm not sure if you were there. This guy was from New York. He came down, and he was praying for the Holy Ghost, and a bunch of people got it. And then the altar call ended, music ended. Uh, he was still praying. People started walking out. He was still praying. 
They turned the lights off. He was still praying. Uh, and then uh, everyone was gone except me and a couple of people. And then all of a sudden, he, he gets the Holy Ghost. And he's speaking in tongues. And so uh, I was, you know, jacked up, went down. I said, man, that's, that's awesome. I love you, how you were so determined. He said, this is my first service at a, at a ch first church service. He said, I'm in a gang in New York. He said, my best friend was murdered Thursday night, and they tried to find me and kill me. I, I came down here to get away from the, from the attack. He said, you, you, you said this Holy Ghost is for everybody. And he said, so I said, if this is really for me, I'm not leaving without it. And, uh, and so, so that's why I tell people real, real faith is I'm not leaving without it. I'm not, I'm going down there and I'm going to get it. And, and I don't care what's in my way. I'm not, and you know, you know, when someone's determined, I love it when someone, uh, I don't love when they're living in through hell, but you, I love it when someone's coming out of hell and, and all kind of craziness. And that there's a, there's a fire in their eyes that would put most saints to shame. Like I want this so bad. I want to move. I need it so bad. You know, that kind of desperation is what brings miracles. I wish the church had it more often. It seems like we get to this place where we're comfortable and not not desperate anymore. But but uh, but but boy, that real desperation, you know, it sticks in your memory ten years later. That kid from New York, you know, being being hunted down by a gang. He said, "I'm not leaving without this," and uh, that's faith. So number five, worship God with your own mouth. That's the key to getting the Holy Ghost or any miracles. Getting them to worship with their own mouth. Because if what happens is we'll fall in the trap of, of trying to do it for them. Let me just say this about that. Now, this is just me personally. So, Pastor, you correct me if I'm wrong. But when I do a Holy Ghost message, especially, I make it very clear, or any kind of demonstration message, I make it very clear that I want them to come forward to the altar. When someone does not come forward to the altar, nine times out of ten, it is a trap if I go back to pray for them. And here's why. Nine times out of ten, they're going to want to talk and not pray. They are not going to pray. They had a chance to come forward. They know what God's asked them to do. They know what they're supposed to do. And if I go back there, they're, they're, they don't even realize what they're doing, but their spirit is baiting me to come back and talk to them. Even though I want to pray for them, they have no interest in praying. They know where they're supposed to be. So, so it's not that we ignore them and say, oh, you've got, you know, you're, you, you're a rebel. You didn't come forward. But, but I say, if you if we want to go encourage them, wait till the, the breakthrough's over and the prayer's over, then go encourage them and talk to them. But we stay in the vein of prayer with the hungry until, until that lifts. Because, because if you, if you have to pray for the one in the back that it's not moving forward, you're going to walk by someone in the altar that moved forward, that was saying, God, God I, I believe this is for me. And so, so it's, not that, it's not that anyone's more important than anyone. And I'm not saying we, you know, uh, they don't deserve us to pray for them. But if you're going to go back and pray, I mean, you walk back and you say, I'm praying, I'm praying for the prayer for you. And if they say no, you turn around and leave. Like, like that's, that's the engagement. I'm coming to pray. If you don't want to pray, awesome, bye. See you at the church. But like we're we we're praying with them in that moment because what hell wants more than anything, especially in demonstration services, and Billy Cole said this everywhere, he wants to interrupt demonstration and he only knows how to do that by getting conversation. Conversation interrupts demonstration. And so if, if we start talking and talking and we're talking about all this stuff and then someone over here needs the Holy Ghost, we're gonna miss we're gonna miss it. And so uh, so I say and I could, you know, if I'm wrong, you just, you just turn me off here. But, but uh, uh, I say save the talk till after church and pray until everyone's done praying. And then, and when they're done praying, then let's talk it up, man. Let's talk all day. So, uh, and then the last thing on this is when they, when they start to feel the Holy Ghost and they start to speak in tongues and, and they get it, whether they get it for two seconds or for 20 minutes, you affirm them vocally. You've, you've received the Holy Ghost. You know, and some people say, well, I, I, I ask them if they, if they receive. If they tell me yes, then I believe them. And I want to, oh, that drives me crazy. Help me, Lord. Because do you ask a baby if it's born in the hospital? Did you walk in? Are you, are, you, are you alive, baby? I think the baby is alive. You, you, the Bible says they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. That's so, so when you hear them speak in tongues, 
you start you start affirming it because here's why if you start with the questions rather than the affirmations guess whose team you just joined because hell is going to be questioning them all week long so if they spoke in tongues for 15 seconds the demons are going to come at them all week so what you need to do is be that voice of affirmation man if you were speaking in tongues i heard you i was so it was the most amazing thing because now you're you're putting a, a, a doorway up against those demons that are going to try to come up. Because when the demons say you didn't get it, they're going to say, well, yeah, but sister so-and-so said I did. She heard me speaking in tongues. And so now they've got an ally in you against the voices of doubt that are coming at them when no one's around. So, so you know, and then, uh, and we can go and also put, put retention, but, but, you know, when after they're done, the first thing you should ask them is, have you been baptized in Jesus' name? And uh, because, you know, we don't want half-born babies if they've not been baptized. We want to, and if you're, uh, if, if, if you're interested in praying them through but not teaching them a Bible study, you're in the wrong business. And so maybe you should pray about, you know, uh, if you're there for the birth, you know, you might want to stay there until, until you know, they, they graduate a little bit. So uh, they got it. They know where we are. Yeah, they know where we are, but they also know where their friends and, and on drugs are at. They know where all the uh, the junk of the world is at. They know where that. But we want to. And so part of part of great retention when it comes to church is is building a network around a guest. When a guest comes and they've got one connection to your church, and you bring your friend, and your friend gets the Holy Ghost, it is important that we build a hedge around them with different connections because. If the friend only has one connection to Palmer Pentecostal Church, it's going to be very easy for the friend to not come back. But when the friend has made eight connections and ministry has reached out, leadership, pastors, Sister Herring, and the Plales and, and the Holes and, and, and people are of, of high influence are reaching and then other people are reaching out and you're, and you're building a network around them, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, man, I want to go here. These people are like, they love me. And so we're not just praying them through. We're keeping them in the atmosphere. And that's what we want to do. I, I'm not interested in praying them through and then never seeing them again. I want to pray them through and then have them back Wednesday night. And let's start start developing their walk with God. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's be thorough in our altar uh, work uh, and, and not assume that when they speak in tongues, that's, that's the main event. It is the main event, but it's not over. It's the launching point of their walk with God. And we want to start walking with them along the way and uh, they're just a baby you know my five or almost six month old baby still does not sleep more than an hour or an hour and a half it's it's amazing wonderful thank you jesus but uh you know like you know it's, it takes time bring him back out here babe can you bring Jax out here okay she's getting him uh, he was enjoying his 30 minutes of sleep he's up anyway but uh He'll be up throughout the night anyway, so it's fine. He's waking up from his evening nap. But um, it's, 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 he doesn't know. He's just a baby. And when they're babies, they're, they don't know. And babies are expensive and babies cost things. But let's walk them through this so that they're staying with us. Your revival that's coming to the church, you can't even hold it in that building. If we, just, if we work on the retention, and you can't even hold it. It's coming. So 